Hi, welcome to Ralph Case and Ozzy Jork discussing the current real estate market, some real opportunities. And man, Ralph, we picked a cold, cold morning in Vancouver, right? <laughs> we sure did. <laughs> well, you just came back from Bislo, and, and as you're an avid skier, that was even a little too cold for you. It was minus 30 on the mountain. And yeah, you just sit there and your your fingers start to feel achy. And you just think, you know, I'm going to die. <laughs> I don't so, get someplace warm quick. Well, for me, I, I live in a very large, uh, tall ceilings condo. And it's great. It's great views. And but it's all windows, right? So at 12 or more below, uh, I can feel it. You know, we got all the heat going. But look, today we want to talk about something that is really interesting for the average real estate investor. And that is, you know, should you be buying a pre-sale assignments or uh, how do you get a, what is called the new whisper mortgage and what is that? But we want to also take a look at the numbers and some of the, the numbers that are out there that seem very confusing. I'm going to just very quickly uh, put up the screen here and just show you what the numbers are because when you take a look my, on the high on the left-hand side, Vancouver detached high number of sales was 1,304 in March 2022. And this December, it was 377. Then you look at the condos, we were 2,300 in March 22, and now it's 721 and so on. And if you then go to the next slide and, and, and understand that going to comparisons for 2021, 2020, and 2019, you have to realize that while December was pretty good compared to December 2022, like we had 377 sales in December 2023 and 372 sales in 22, sounds good. But boy, if you go to December 2021, we had 1,032 sales, right? I mean, you know, you have to understand what you're comparing. We're still running sales at well than more than 30% below the 10-year average. Did you see that? Yes. Yeah. So, so the idea being, if you run below the sales, below the average, then all the headlines, you have to take them with a grain of salt. I mean, prices are still hanging in there, but we're still nowhere near the high. For instance, in Surrey, we had a million nine hundred thousand in, in March 2022. And today, we and we were as low as a million three last December, and today we're a million five. So I've compared myself to last December, looking pretty good, but to last March, that's March 2022, we're still way behind. But I'm hearing from people like Brent Roberts, the number one realtor in the Fraser Valley, that people are coming out right now. Yeah, the open houses are full and we're seeing a lot of offers out there. Is that all psychological? Well, I think, you know, one of my favorite quotes is that statistics are like bikinis, that what they show is interesting, but what they hide is vital. <laughs> and yeah, that's true. <laughs> one of the the interesting things is looking at the listing inventory, and that is down 10% from the 10-year average. So I think the reason that prices are staying high, even though sales are down, like you say, uh, significantly over the 10-year average, is that there's much less inventory than there typically is. Yeah, particularly on the active side, on the on the new side, we are up in Vancouver on single family, we're up some 9% and condos 14%. And that's really very, very small uh, variations. You're quite right. The other thing, though, is that we have massive immigration. I mean, the immigration into British Columbia and into Canada overall 
is just seeing so many people. I mean, a million people came between January and September. That's more than any other time in history for Canada. And of those, 138,000 came to BC. And of those, probably 90% came to Vancouver. Are we surprised? Even if only 10% of the immigrants had some money, only 10%. That's over 10,000 deals. So there's a lot of people, a lot of buyers in the market that normally wouldn't be there. And generally speaking, we are a country that loves its real estate. So, so we have been looking at it. The key is what's going to happen in 2024. And with this strong immigration and the developers are getting cold feet, so many projects are grinding to a halt or they're not as aggressive as they were a couple of years ago. So that's sort of a perfect storm that we could see prices increase. Yeah, you take uh, you take Kelowna, for instance, Mission Developments cancelled or put on hold two downtown residential high-rises. I mean, you know, how many units was that? Three, four hundred units that are not being built. You know, as you said, they are holding off and this, the fall sales were on so, so good. You can see that when you now have buildings that offer 10% down, or a $35,000 price reduction, or invest van in one pre-sale deal, a $100,000 price reduction, which brings me to what we opened with. A lot of uh, our investors are asking, should I be buying this assignment? What do you think? I think it's probably a pretty good bet because there's less being built, there's a big immigration coming in, and the Federal Reserve announced last month that they plan to reduce interest rates two or three times in the coming year. So we may see some relief on interest rates. And, you know, it, it just comes down to fundamentals. And, you know, I, I always think when you're young, when you're in your 20s or in your 30s, you get more aggressive, you, you swing for the fences, because if you make a wrong decision, you make a wrong bet, you can recover. You make it back. Old like me, you're a little bit more cautious. <laughs> so. Well, the big the big thing is on a pre-sale assignments, hopefully you're benefiting also from somebody else's misery. I mean, the person may be bought. We have people that buy three or four units and now they can't close. And maybe they'll walk from some of the deposit that they had put in. And you as a buyer, a good negotiation can get you some of that deposit or maybe even all of that deposit. Yeah. Because there, there are costs involved. So if somebody is, is about to close on a pre-sale, they have to start thinking about the property purchase tax they pay, the GST they pay, the real estate commission they pay. And so for them to uh, sell the assignment, um, sometimes it works better than to close and sell it after closing. Now, uh, yeah, go ahead. On, on the other hand, it's nice, you know, I, I'm a pre-sale investor. So from my investor standpoint, I like to close on it because I want my buyer to walk it and, and smell it and feel oh, it and because you'll get a higher price. So even though you pay the GST, it's a business expense. You write it off, uh, the real estate commission, et cetera, things like that. So because there are all those expenses of selling, I want to get the absolute maximum price. And when you're the seller of an assignment, the guy that's buying from you is buying on hype. Like he can't walk it. He's not going to pay the full price that the buyer will pay after the thing is built and, and they can walk it. It's it's like buying a car. Like you want to, once you sit in the car and you smell yeah. that new car smell and you drive it, you want it. You pay You'll for pay it. full price. <laughs> yeah. But if, if the dealer says, hey, you have to order it two years from now, it's not quite so exciting. Well, our company, Jurok Case Investment Realty, which is, uh, it's Ralph Case and Ozzy Jurok, investors, jcir.com or .ca, 
Um, we specialize in marketing uh, pre-sales, but we are very cautious. For instance, last year, we did not sell any. We are very selective, and that's the point. When you do buy an assignment, you're buying really the builder. Is he going to close? Did he budget right? Did he pay too much for you know, uh, and not assess what the cost of the lumber and the cost of the rebound, all that would be? So you've got to merely understand that what you're buying is when you're buying an assignment. In terms of closing on a deal, you and I were closing on condos right this month, you know, that we bought two years ago. And over the last four years, we bought, well, you bought one, your daughter bought one, your son bought one, my daughter bought one, I bought one, our company bought one. We are with our investors shoulder to shoulder. You know, we don't know what's going to happen, but we put our money where the mouth is. And that's what you want when you buy an assignment or any kind of a pre-sale. You want to understand who builds it and who's with you. And this one that we're closing on, uh, we purchased for roughly around $700 a square foot. And that's looking like a really good price these days. You right. know, it's, it's, we've done very, very well. And, you know, from my personal standpoint, if I close on it, I just rent it out. I'm happy. If somebody doesn't want to come buy it, like the builders no. can't build for $700 a square foot. Burnaby just gave up on two subsidized social housing projects. Free land. They couldn't make the numbers work because it's. Well, never mind. Couldn't make the numbers. Up. The price from 2020 is up 50%. I mean, I'm in mean, 100% of where it was in yeah. 2020. So, so then they're not going to build. So that's going to continue. <clears throat> so that's important to understand that we are also, of course, if you're in Vancouver, it's a different market than if you're in a small town somewhere else. But the key is, you know, be positive. You mentioned earlier that the U.S. Uh, uh, Fed said they're going to reduce uh, rates uh, three times next year. Well, the stock market in the U.S. seems to indicate it's going to reduce it six times next year. Either way, we have a lot of psychology in the market now where our buyers, even in Canada, our guys said, hey, we, we may reduce it. And I was listening to Mr. Macklin last week, who thought as early as June they would reduce rates. So in the meantime... We say, well, what is the rate? Well, you know, you look at the rate that's in the window in the bank, never, ever pay that rate because, you know, that is the out, most biggest hope the bank has that they get from you. You've got to get the best negotiated rate. Now, if you just had your TV repossessed, okay, you don't get the best rate. But if you are a regular uh, credit rating, the whisper rate right now is almost below 5%. Well, if it's 5% or below, maybe 4.99 or whatever it is, but if it is, out of 50 years of, of watching five-year term mortgages, the 5% rate was only broken five times. 45 times, it was higher than 5%. So we are right now at a, you know, a very average thing. I mean, 2016, 17, 18, the young people that went into the market then, they think everything is zero or 2%. No, you're never going to see it back. And I think that's what a lot of buyers realize now. 5%, if I get the whisper rate, like the reason why it's whisper is there's competition among banks and they want a good credit rating and they give you a real good rate. And you and I have always been proponents of locking in. Like I love the five-year mortgage. Um, you know, when rates went down, I was lucky enough to, to lock in at 3% on five-year mortgages. So I'm sitting pretty for a couple more years. But even today, like on the new condo that I'm buying, I would not be opposed to locking in for five years at 5% because it's like fire insurance. Yeah. You know, if rates go up, I'm safe. If rates go down to 4%, well, the extra 1% I'm paying is tax deductible anyway, because it's an investment. Yeah. So 
you know, it's it's not that bad to to have the security that you can sleep at night. You're not wearing should you know I'm on a variable. Should I lock in today or shouldn't I lock in today? Like I don't want all that crap it's going through my head. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, the big thing is, you know, we have and we put that into the last video that we did in September, and we pointed out we actually took had a massive penalty that we had to pay, something like hundred and twenty thousand dollars. But we made a million dollars anyways. The point is you lock yourself in as an investor or at least lock yourself in for the time you want to keep the condo or, or the investment. If I want to keep it for six months, it's a flip. I'm a classic flipper. Well, no, of course not. Then I get a short-term mortgage. But if I want to keep it as an investment, like you say, put tenants in it, then, of course, you go long. No question about it. Well, it's a crazy year, Rob. We don't know what's going to happen to interest rates. The funny thing is, if you want to spend an afternoon, really get confused, go to YouTube and listen to Jamie Dimon, who sees 7% as a possibility. Or listen to Bill Ackman, who says we're going to go down. Or our own guy, Benjamin Tall, says we're going to go down as early as March. Doug Porter from the Bank of Montreal, as early as April. The TD Bank yesterday came out. The prices will rise 10%. I mean, Royal Page says prices are going to rise 7%. So, and then you look at somebody else, they're going down. And Toronto, uh, real estate market, uh, developers are going bankrupt, you know. And so you, you shake your head. What the hell is going on? What do you think is going to happen? Well, I think, you know, the greatest minds in the world uh, don't know whether interest rates are going up or down. You know, they're, they're just saying something and they're hoping that it's going to go this way. They have all their opinions. But nobody really knows. The person that really knows would be the richest man alive. Like even Warren Buffett doesn't know. Like we, you just have to play the probabilities. And my thinking going into the new year is that the economy is is fairly healthy, but we've got a U.S. presidential election. And typically, if you go back in time, years of presidential elections, interest rates go down because they want to get the votes. I mean, they're not dumb. If interest rates are down, they're more likely to get reelected. And that's the reason that there is this phenomenon. So for the coming year, I'm thinking rates are going to go down a little bit. So if I get a mortgage, I'm going to go variable rate because number one, there's no penalty if you sell. And number two, if rates go down, you can lock in at a lower rate. Now, if you're just right on the fine, sharp edge of, you know, affordability, you should lock in. Like, don't take the gamble. There, there's no point. Like I said earlier, it's like fire insurance. If your house doesn't burn down, are you sad that you bought fire insurance? You know, this is the thing of the locked in mortgage. You might pay a little bit more, but it's tax deductible if it's your investment property and you're protected. And you know, we've seen a lot of people get burned by interest rates. And it's not a funny um uh, situation when you have to sell well and you know we have 150 billion dollars worth of mortgages coming due this year another 350 billion in 2025 and that is perhaps also another reason why our government well they don't say so but while it's in their interest not to have all these people get to, into serious trouble the td bank yesterday also said even if rates went down by a half a percent the average mortgage payment will increase between 400 and 600 dollars for the average person that's renewing right so but that's still doable we have seen earlier this year people renewing with a 1400 or 1500 dollar difference that's painful no question about it the interesting thing also is that you and I would have been wrong from a mortgage broker's perspective for probably five years, right? When they said you should go short and we didn't, and they should we should go short and we didn't. And in our investment group, in the real estate action group, we'd always say, well, look, if you're an investor, 
and you want to keep the property, match the time that you keep the property with, with your mortgage rates. And don't worry about, you know, as you said, you know, less stress. But if you're a flipper and you have to analyze what you are, and you just talked about it last week with the group, you know, analyze, what are you? Are you uh, an investor when you buy in Vancouver? By no measure are you an investor because you spend a million and a half on a condo and rent it out for 3,000 rents. By no way is that an investment. But it may be a great flip, right? So if you're a flipper, then may go sure. Okay, that's in the mortgages. So where do you think the best opportunities are in 2024? Well, I, I think in the, the major cities, I think, um, you know, because of this massive immigration to Canada, I think Toronto, Vancouver, Montreal, Edmonton, Calgary, the, the big major cities are going to do well. Oil seems to be doing well, so so that bodes well for Alberta. They've, they've had a rip-roaring market uh, in 2023, and that's probably going to continue. But, you know, I'm, I'm a Vancouver guy. I, I love Vancouver. Uh, it's a challenge for investors that are doing monthly rentals, and it's a super challenge now if you had Airbnb because the government has come with a crackdown of 90-day minimum short-term rental. So that's that's a killer if you're in the Airbnb business. Um, so, you know, me personally, I, I love the pre-sale market because I can put 10 or 15% down. I can look at the construction cost that I'm paying for. And the bet is that in two years, things are going to be more expensive. And that's the bet we made in 2016. We made it in 2018. We made it in 2021. And it's been a great bet every single time because costs are going up. You, you say this, Ozzy, all the time that Hard assets. You just look at your camembert. My God. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, you know, we just looked on, on Monday with the group. We had 100 investors out and I showed seven major times in our history. I mean, major, terrible times. I mean, not just the economic crisis of 2008. No, a thousand banks closing in the U.S. in 1990 or, or the Russian crisis, the Asian crisis and all of these crises in the middle of it. When everybody says run for the hills, had you bought any kind of real estate, not in the best part of town, but any kind of real estate, you would have outperformed almost every other investment because of leverage. But if you now in this kind of environment, you have an opportunity to lock something up that that's being built. My most high rises take three to four years to build. So you buy something today and it finishes in 2028, in my view, our hard assets are in direct relationship to printing money. You know, Milton Friedman says inflation is primarily a monetary phenomena. And people don't realize it's a hard asset inflation I'm talking about. You say, well, Ozzy, but the commodities are going down. And yeah, well, commodities going down, that's an economic issue, an economic kind of, we could have a, from 2014 to 2016, we had a deflation in commodities. At the same time, we had a massive increase in hard assets which was a monetary event. And once people realize that we have my ice cream cone in 1965 was five cents, then it was 10 cents, 20 cents today it's six bucks, that's inflation. Everything that you buy is much higher than 3.5% that the government says our inflation rate is, but particularly on hard assets. So hard assets, as we're now owing the world $300 trillion. I mean, a trillion is a million million dollar houses. I mean, it's such an enormous amount of money that we owe. We never pay it back. The only way we pay it back is through debasing the currency and increasing uh, the uh, the value of hard assets. You know, I mean, the the, the BC government, I mean, the, the Canada government now 
all the GST it collects goes to paying the interest. <laughs> In the United States, all the money of all this military complex is going to pay the interest. So to my mind, there's no doubt in my mind they're going to want to have the rates lower. That's going to be maybe the bet. And then at the same time, they want to increase or debase the currency so that they can pay back all the money that they owe. So means for us as investors, real estate is it. And I think, you know, looking forward to 2024, my mantra is just to be careful with leverage because with interest rates in an uncertainty sort of situation, maybe they'll go down in 2024, but maybe they will inch up again in 2025. Who knows? It depends on the strength of the economy. But yeah. I look around and I think the economy is strong. Like, my God, you, you yeah. walk into the cafes and they're filled with people that are paying $6 for a croissant and $4 for a coffee. You know, I go to the grocery store and a little thing of green onions is two bucks for like a green onion. Screw yeah. the green onion. Like everything is expensive. So, yeah. you know, I think it's a good bet that hard assets are going to continue to go up. Uh, costs of construction are going to continue to go up. But don't get yourself in a position where you're vulnerable to interest rate increases because that would be the one Achilles heel that could kill everybody. You know, you, you want to be careful. Um, it's good to get out there and invest, but keep track of the fundamentals. And to me, the best fundamental is you own your own home free and clear and you don't ever have to pay rent again. You know, that's a fundamental. When you're saying, oh, should I pay? You know, should I buy? Should I not buy? You know, what's the interest rate? Blah, blah, blah. Just think, listen, my goal is to buy an asset and pay it off. And maybe even better get your tenants to pay it off. But it has to have cash flow that the rent coming in pays the mortgage. And then, then your, your game plan is pay this thing off and not continue to be in a precarious leverage position. That's and time is on your side, right? Particularly exactly. if you're a younger person under 40, my God, 25 years later, no matter if you do anything wild or wonderful, doesn't matter. Um, it's funny, I, uh, last year, somebody called me who's actually fairly well known in, in the media circles. And he said, Ozzy, my wife and I just had our 25th year wedding anniversary. And, and we looked around and we haven't really been big investors about, but boy, we become millionaires. And then we thought, how did we do that? And he said, I remember uh, it's Ozzy Jurok who made us this money. And I said, well, how did I do that? Well, he says, I called you in 1994 and asked you whether I should be buying real estate. And I wasn't going to, but my wife wanted to. And you said, you must be nuts if you don't buy because it's $48,000. And he gave me all the reasons. Anyways, with great trepidation, he says, I bought and now I'm worth a million nine hundred thousand dollars. So I thought that was really very nice of him. Made my day. I said to my wife, "See, I do make a difference to some people, right?" But it's very easy difference to make because if somebody says real estate is no good, you haven't looked at the price at seventy thousand here, and now it's two point three million. And in between, we had pestilence and terrible, awful things happen in the whole world. I mean, I noticed Mr. Harry Dent, and God bless him, but he comes out every year. He's out again predicted every year a 3,000 stock market and a total crash in real estate for 20 years. I, mean, I don't know how he can do that, but he gets a lot of clickbaits, I guess. But but we have people out there that have absolutely no, I don't want to say no shame, but no hesitancy to say it's the end of the world. And the key for us, our listeners and viewers, is not to buy somebody else's wild ideas. We live in a great country. The whole world wants to be here, and we are here, right? And we can buy that house, and maybe it's harder to finance, but listen, 
Everybody says it's so hard for young people to buy. No, I, 30 years ago, it was very hard for people to buy. You said that at the last time. And your parents, well, why didn't your parents buy more houses when they were 100,000? Well, it was hard to buy that $100,000 house. <laughs> yes, that, that's absolutely true. So, you know, my kids, the, the number one thing I get them focused on is just buy your first house, pay it off, you know, then then you never have to pay rent again. It's It's... It's just a no-brainer. But I think in this market, you know, with the Residential Tenancy Act makes it very difficult to be a landlord. Yeah. Most people look at that and go, oh, I'm not going to be a landlord because it's difficult. This is opportunity. This is the time when you want to be a landlord because people, you know, there, there's huge demand out there for rentals. Rents are going through the roof. So you want to be a landlord, even though it's difficult. That, that's when there's opportunity. The same thing with the Airbnb massive numbers of Airbnb properties are being sold because the owners are panicking. To me, when that happens, I'm a little light bulb goes off into my head and I'm, I'm thinking there's opportunity here. There's opportunity here. Just look for it because, you know, there's always opportunity when something bad happens and, and the massive crowds decide to, to do something. I'm always trying to think, how can I do the opposite? So is that that the opportunities you see in 2024? Are you selling anything in 2024 or buying I, anything? I, I'm in a situation where, you know, if I get a price, uh, I will sell if I can move my my investment to something else. So I'm closing on a couple of pre-sales this year. And if the price is there, I'll sell. And then I will invest in more pre-sales and sort of kick the can down a couple more years, betting that we're going to continue to see inflation. But if I don't, uh, get my price. I'm just going to rent them out because the rents are incredible. I mean, right now, a, a one bedroom in Surrey, you can rent for, you know, probably 2000 a month or a two bedroom, you can rent for 2400 2500 a month. No. I mean, it, and, and those, you know, it's a tight rental market. So it's good to be a landlord. Um, well, and we, we forecast, we forecast that for, for a very long period of time that uh, we felt that Surrey and the Fraser Valley at 1,500 people a month going there, values grow where people go. So it's a, that's where you want to be. You want to be in an area where there's a lot of people coming in, where the jobs are and so on, and, and values will increase. And you, I'm just going to say, you and I zero in on the neighborhood, you know, uh, timing and just figure out what, what the trends are. And we really like this Wally neighborhood of Surrey because there's lots of construction going on. Uh, the Gateway SkyTrain station is right there. My daughter uh, ended up buying a, a condo there, and she works in Coquitlam. She just goes right over the Portman Bridge. They have a, a special lane that just goes to Coquitlam. And, man, she can get to work in 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's well, very that's what we, at, at our land rights conference, we had one of our major developers, Mr. Sharon City, who we have sold several hundred condos for in, in that general area. And that he was preaching TOD, transit-oriented developments, at our conferences five years ago. Like the government now has discovered the word, right? Now in the transit-oriented development, I can buy a 20-story 20, 20 high-rise, even in a residential zoning. It's going to be, should be a, a topic for another video. But the point is, the world is changing. The government, we want to be affordable, and nothing is affordable. You know, the, the idea that, that, uh, that government isn't a problem is constantly constantly defeated by StatScan when they're saying the average now in Vancouver for a condo, 
32% of it is, is government cost, taxes, permits, uh, development costs. So on your million dollar condo, 330,000, without the government, we would be down to 700,000. But we are uh, in a world where the government rules. Uh, and as you said, there will be opportunity coming up. Look, we will have a year of massive volatility. We will have a lot of people scaring us to death. We'll have, we have, we wrote in our, my OzBuzz newsletter, that's O-Z-B-U-Z-Z.ca. Two years ago, I wrote about problems in China. We talked about Evergrande when some of their buildings went down in Los Angeles and London. And you have all across the world, there seems to be something going on. The key is we're here. And for what goes on somewhere else in the world with wars and Argentina has 200% inflation, we are absolutely a downright heaven of peace and quiet compared to that, right? I mean, every year I'm in the business, somebody says, Ozzy, there are too many realtors in the business. Or Ozzy, young people can no longer afford it. And then they say, I wish I bought five years ago, right? Yeah. Every year, the same thing. So for 2024, I've, I've got three things. One is that I think it's a good market to be a move-up uh, buyer. Like if you're, if you're in a one-bedroom, it may be a time when it's opportune to go to a two-bedroom because those the, the difference between the two prices is narrowing. And you know people in more expensive properties might have more trouble selling so you get a better deal, whereas there's more demand for the lower price. So I like the move-up situation i like the second home like buy a place and you know where you like to go ski or you know uh you can do nightly rentals in the smaller markets in bc this 90 day thing is only in the bigger city centers i think populations over ten thousand. so there's still opportunity in vacation homes and then the final one is pre-sales taking this bet where you put 10 or 15 percent down uh one of my clients came to me this week and said listen i've got this sub penthouse and uh, Burquitlam and you know it's 10% down and you know I have to increase the deposit what should I do you know she's got 5% and she's increasing it another 5% I said listen you know you're you're sitting pretty you've got another two years you're only going to have 10% down and she's already in the money I said you know do it and you know if you can't come up with the other money find a partner because I think the pre-sale bet is a pretty good bet because there's less being built and the demand is coming in. What, yeah. what is the Canadian immigration? A million people this year? Something crazy like that? Well, so, and and that's true. And and the the we are we are also we our investor group of some fifty of them are in a high rise in Surrey. It's called the Flamingo, and uh, that'll be finished sometime in about the same time, maybe March, April next year, right? And so the idea that if we have one deal a year. <laughs> and because we don't really take on, there's so many developers that we could be taken on, but we we take on well-researched developers that, that we know for a while that finish a product. I mean, I just walked one of the suites that I bought and I'm closing on the end of this month and you should see the quality in it, the kind of appliances that are being used and the way it's finished. You know, I'm, I'm proud of that unit that I've been uh, going to be uh, renting out. So, you know, take your time. Take a look around. Don't be scared because the end of the world has never happened. Often predicted, right? It will never happen. We always somehow muddle through. Is it going to be easier? No. Is it going to be easy? No, it never is. But then do we want easy? We want to have a challenge. Well, we'll have a challenging year ahead, but it's not the end of the world. <laughs> Come join us two weeks from now when we are 
have the the, the final numbers uh, to debate. Take care. Have a good day. Yeah, have a great day.